Black people don't read. Reading is fundamental. Get a book, man. Who are those people? What are they doing? Why is that man wearing a dress? Where did they come from? Do these thoughts occupy your mind? No. Yes? Yes. Do you wish you had some insight into some, some radical, radical mind? mind? Yes again? Well worry no more. Listen to thoughts from, from the, the other, other side. side. Welcome back to Inspire Reads with Inspire Entertainment. And from the other side, yeah, we're joined today by a special guest, Mustafa Big Shutter from the From the Other Side podcast. You wanna just say hello? <laughs> you know, Assalamu alaikum. Yeah. So <clears throat> he's got his podcast. Because people, by the way, people don't know that I'm uh, not in the room with you guys. Yeah. So could you add uh, how big I am in person? Apparently, he's <laughs> six foot four. Diesel. <laughs> Apparently, if you're in one side of the Apple Store, you can see him from the other side. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I did? You see what I did there from the other side? Yeah. Right. Ex- yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, wow. Come on, man. Catch up, boy. <laughs> but yeah. So um, today we're gonna discuss an interesting topic about um, creativity. So yeah, I think all of us consider ourselves creatives, and uh, Mustafa suggested that. Uh, should, I, should I call you Mustafa or Big Shot? I think Big Shot is more more fun. It rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you suggested that we we talk we talk about creativity, and uh, that was interesting because I'm I'm a I'm a sh- strong advocate against <laughs> against self help books and, and non fiction books. I, I I just find a lot of them not interesting, and I find a lot of it is okay. like some common sense, you know. But yeah, what I just type of like self-help help? as in just like non-fiction or self-help in general. I did, I did, I just get bored after like a few pages in, and yeah, I get, I, I get what you mean when you talk about it's it's common sense. Mm. They just say the same thing, yeah, exactly that anyone else could say, but it just has a nice fun to it. Mm. And uh, I guess it's like them articulating their thoughts and stuff. That's what that's what uh, yeah. attracts people. Mm. But yeah, <clears throat> you want to talk about your podcast? Give it a little intro. Uh, basically, we we our podcast tries to be serious. That's what we started off with. Same. We wanted to talk about how um, our backgrounds coming from like Islamic background and how we deal with like living in secular society. How we like sort of live in these two worlds mm. and some of the you know difficulties transitioning and sort of dealing with that other side where you know we we follow our religion but then we sort of have to interact with the other side. Mm. And that's where it came from, from the other side, to sort of, you know, because there's so many conversations being had on podcasts about, you know, relationships or like school. And then I, I, I wanted to talk about more about experience and culture and religion and youth and things like that. Mm. All the things that sort of makes, pits us against each other in different ways. Mm. Not in a bad way, but sort of like to understand each other. So yeah, guys, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I, I, I found it when you're like, seven episodes in and then I, I just like started binge listening to it on the, on the tr- trains home from work yeah, it's always a good listen uh, that's one of the few podcasts that I always look out for in the beginning of the week I think they, you try to release on the same day as us they, on the Mondays <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. Uh, Tuesday actually Tuesday. we uh, did Monday and then I was like that's not cool so I have to, I did Tuesdays after that yeah you, what, you record on Sundays then or we uh, Saturday or Sunday yeah. so yeah that's the only time of the week most of us working men mm. <laughs> most mm. of us working men uh, can only work can only record on those, <laughs> on those days but yeah so this week we're going to talk about creativity and then also discuss a book um, that was based on creativity so the book was called um, How to Still Like an Artist by Austin Cleon he's a writer from uh, Texas I believe yeah America basically <laughs> <laughs> he's American man but yeah <laughs> So he wrote a book about basically trying to like uh, 
how do you say like pry open all, all the, like different ways of like making like maximizing your creative efficiency and productiveness mm. basically and he breaks it down into st- 10 steps and uh, we'll talk about the book a little bit later on but for now we'll go into creativity and like our roots in creativity and what we think about it and yeah so according to google the definition of creativity is the use of imag- imagination or original ideas to create something what do you think about that sharks just going to stick it on me like that. <laughs> Always, man. When are you going to get ready? <laughs> I thought you was going to go into it. Uh, yeah, me going. Um, yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't know. I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, you guys say is your definition of creativity? <clears throat> uh, my definition um, would be that I would find anyone creative who's able to... Um, get the idea that whatever idea is that he's got in his head um into like something visual tangible or, yeah something tangible that people can either listen to or or, or watch or see um and not just because anyone can come up with like really creative ideas mm. but i think for me what um <clears throat> shows a really creative person or an artist is someone that's able to actually make it tangible and bring mm. it out there mm. what about you big shot uh, uh that's that's a good one uh, uh it's it's more uh, the practical application of an idea instead yeah. of just like the theory of it mm. uh, I, I say that so, uh, yeah, go ahead what are you gonna say no no what were you saying <laughs> um I, I say that one but also i think uh, uh quite a basic point is that uh, when you have a problem you solve it and there's a lot of things that there's a lot of people in the world that they they they're confined by a certain limit or something and they have to find a solution for it and that's what causes them to be creative in my opinion and that's what causes the ideas to be generated and then them taking action from it so i think it starts from a problem or a lack of something and then yeah. the the limitation placed on the person to create and that was one of the points in the book as well so yeah interesting stuff um i think uh like i'll, I'll go back on what we were talking about earlier before we started recording so me and shimaki we had a, another podcast episode like back in, like a year and a half ago now yeah a year and a half ago now about creativity and we talked about um yeah we did a bit of research and we we found this video that I had previously seen before in like secondary school where there was this kid in Africa who was basically getting like scrap material and like radio, like like this scrap metal and uh, scrap electronics and he was building radios out of them and he like made yeah. his own radio station and like he's like a... 11 year old kid or something I don't remember from like some what was it it was like one of those remote countries was it? Mm. I don't know if, like Sierra Leone Sierra Leone yeah if, if, I think yeah I'll, I'll put some uh, audio clips in it and I'll, I'll add a link to it after but yeah my name is Calvin Do, aka DJ Focus a wife a wife it's the youngest DJ DJ man Focus people normally call me DJ Focus in my community because I believe if you focus, you can do invention um, perfectly. I'm from Sierra Leone. And I love inventing. Calvin is extraordinarily talented. He literally goes to trash cans, finds broken electronic parts in the garbage and makes stuff on his own. He's taught himself how to do incredibly intricate things with very, very little resources. In Sierra Leone, we have not too much electricity. 
light will come um, once in a week and uh, the rest of the month dark. So I made my own battery to power lights in people's houses. And yeah, that was really interesting. And then he got to go to like um, he got to go to American universities. I think it was Harvard, Yale, or something. Um, and they basically showed him uh, like all this other all the equipment that they use, and they they like tried to help him like you know, like develop his engineering skills. And yeah, it's interesting. Oh. It's like is it the guy uh, who did like uh, this light thing? To scare like uh, wolves or like hyenas out of. I've seen that as well. To not, but no, it's is a different. Guy, it's a different guy. No, I don't oh, know. Okay. What was that? Yeah, there's that? another one. Uh, basically, there's like a a, a farm. Basically, yeah. uh, some farmers in a remote like African country. I don't remember. And then I keep saying remote African country. Like everywhere is just a remote. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he, they had a problem where it was like I think like wolves. Or, or it was like some kind of wildlife. <laughs> Some kind of world. some random guys just attacking their, their their farm animals basically. So so it was like their cows, their sheep and stuff. They were getting dispatched like every night. They were getting taken by some some wild animal. And this guy he set up like a perimeter. I literally, I literally just did a circle motion right now, <laughs> a wide one as well. <laughs> I was like a, I was like a helicopter wheel. But yeah, um, he set up like a perimeter of fences with like lights on top of them around the animals if I recall correctly and there's like flashing lights like strobing lights that would like um, automatically like go uh, I, I don't know if he, he added motion sensors or anything but yeah that was interesting meet Richard Tereri this is where I live I live in Kenya at the south parts of the Nairobi National Park those are my dad cows at the back and behind the cows that's the Nairobi National Park Nairobi National Park is not fenced in the south where I live which means wild animals like zebras migrate out of the park freely. So predators like lions follow them. And this is what they do. They kill our livestock. This one of the cows which was killed at night. And I just woke up in the, in the morning and I found it dead. And I felt so bad because it was the only bull we had. So. A boy from six to nine years old in my community is responsible for his dad's cows. And that's the same, same thing which happened to me. So I had to find a way of solving this problem. And I discovered that lions were afraid of a moving light. So I had an idea. Since I was a small boy, I used to work in my room for the whole day. And I even took apart my mom's new radio. And that day, she almost killed me, but, <laughs> but I learned a lot about electronics. <laughs> so I got an old car battery, an indicator box, the small device found in the motorcycle, and it helps motorists when they want to turn right or left, it blinks. And I got a switch, I can switch on the lights on and off. And that's a small touch from a broken flashlight. So I set up everything. As you can see, the solar panel charges the battery, and the battery supplies the power to the small indicator box. I call it a transformer. And the indicator box makes the lights to flash. And as you can see, the bulbs face outside, because that's where the lions come from. And that's how it looks to lions when they come at night. The lights flash and trick lines that I was walking around the cow shed, but I was sleeping in my bed.
I used to eat lunch, but now because my invention is serving my father's cows and the lunch, we're able to stay with the lunch without any conflict. Mm, yeah, so it was like some African kid. So it was the, were the lights always on? No, it was like, I think randomly, I don't know if it was randomly, but yeah, I don't really know the details, but I imagine he had some kind of system set up where if an animal approached, then it would, it would um, basically flash, the lights would flash, and it would scare them away. That's crazy. How old was he, a young kid? Yeah. Or? So, yeah, yeah. Around the same, same age as the other guy I mentioned. But, yeah, that's a talent right there. But yeah, it's a different kid, and it's funny because um, there was... That's mad. There was points in the book, when I was reading the book, reading the book I was thinking about, I was making notes, and I was... Um, making notes about like uh, like the the whole nature of his nurture um, debate that people have, and I was thinking like certain people are like really talented in certain aspects of life, and like I, I wonder where it comes from. But yeah, it's interesting. So you can see that these two African kids like just came out of um, they had the, their problems and they found solutions for it in an interesting way. And is that uh, de- you know that definition? Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, I, I like that. Like the need bred the. Uh the 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 actual like tech mind of his brain mm. it's like okay this is a problem mm. let me figure out the solution and because when you're a kid as well you don't think of like the resources or the obstacles yeah. it's just like okay Optimistic. i have a thought let me see if it works yeah i guess that's that's another thing is like um you, you, you don't have anyone telling you no you can't do this or exactly like societal um barriers that are placed on you <clears throat> as a kid which is interesting it's like another thing in terms of language um have you ever like tried to learn a new language like consciously in like recent years like arabic for example I was trying to learn arabic and um like, the person the, the teacher was always, always saying to me like don't worry about failing um just just go with it and see what you get and like just uh, be comfortable in the fact that you're still a baby in terms of arabic and like just like any question is not a stupid question at this moment so it, it's interesting the whole nature of his natural debate I think I'll touch on that again a bit later but yeah so that's our definitions of creativity um, I'd say now um, I made some notes um, who were your personal creative influences anyone that like you inspired to be like you aspire to be like and who's, who's like inspired you throughout your whole life or throughout your whole career, uh, creative journey um, Shabak you want to go with that or I'll let Big Shot go yeah <laughs> uh, that's a f- I keep forgetting them for some reason, which is kind of bad. At the moment, I'm I'm more interested in sort of uh, directors, film directors, and commercial directors. I think you guys would be good friends. Shamaki yeah, likes that kind of stuff as well, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, the guy who did Arrival. Yeah. I, I, I'd really like this uh, his work at the moment. Who, like he's he's my, he's my favorite at the moment. Did you did you like that film? Did you watch it, Shucks? Arrival. Was it the one with the aliens coming? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I watched uh, some YouTube video by the Nerd Writer. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I watched this, uh, afterwards, though, not before. Yeah, I watched and, it afterwards, well, And the Nerd Writer, he was just talking about was like, he attacking it? how he done the movie so well. Um, but I haven't actually seen the movie. I just, that's pretty much all I know from it. Did you like it? Yeah. Well, me? Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. I, w- I was taught, a friend of mine watched it and he described it to me and I thought it was stupid because I was like, wow, another Alien movie? And it sounded like Alien. So I was like, is there a sequel or not? And even the advertising and marketing for it wasn't good. But then I, s- I watched it because we have like um, like a movie club get together with a lot of guys that I know. Ooh, so cool. we watched it and it's hands down one of, one of the best Alien movies really? I've seen. Really? Yeah, really surprised, man. Stuff. Like this. Neither am I. Uh, it's either nineties, eighties uh, alien type movies where it's like cheesy enough where it's, it's good, almost, yeah, so but, bad, it's so or, good. 
or it's like artistic <laughs> enough like this one where it's like okay this is a good like a hard good try at making a like a serious story out of an alien movie mm. yeah. yeah it was it was pretty interesting but i don't know man i, I just <laughs> but the thing is 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 the don't don't is that was like literally one of his movies he made sicario he made prisoner he made uh, the new Blade Runner, like uh, yeah. he, this guy can almost go. He he can't Who's do no wrong. Like he's not flopped yet. Huh? Who's it again? Director. Uh, Dennis Villeneuve or something. Dennis, a Villeneuve, French, I think. Canadian guy. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember um, reading a bit of stuff about him. But I, I watched the Arrival film, and I don't know, man. It was just, it was just too weird for me. It was like there was too many like loop. I don't know, man. It, 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 I think they made it too complicated. It got to a point where like you kind of lose track of the the whole storyline. I don't know for me anyway. Was it just like aliens coming to invade? Or no, no, no. It's very weird, man. Honestly, <laughs> that's that's the that's the amazing thing about it. It was it wasn't much focused on like aliens evading. It was more like it was human the psychology. Whole, and stuff. The movie was more about how can we communicate with them. Yeah, that was literally the whole movie. Yeah. How can we yeah. talk to these guys? The main character was it, a, a linguist, yeah. a professional linguist or something. Yeah, and then it, it showcased how governments and like armies try to communicate through force yeah. and how academics are trying to like understand whilst another group of people just don't want to understand this or want to like weaponize and stuff preemptively strike basically so it was it was interesting to look at how people communicate yeah and you think about it like that and you think about the concepts behind it it's interesting but uh, i'm always so uh, like I, I don't know if it's, if it's a bad point a bad uh, side of me that i have in terms of judging films and stuff but i always judge it by like the ending of how like they wrap up the story and yeah i just found it a bit weird <laughs> I, I sometimes I do that. that you know like the movies where everything hinges on the, the ending, end yeah. like it's like a mystery and the end yeah. like twist is with the thing that yeah there's some movies where the, if the ending is that bad no matter how good it was in the beginning it's it doesn't matter you can't redeem it mm. but this one um, even the beginning the middle uh, I think it was uh, it was it was gonna like I it. guess it's it's because it, 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 the, the ending kind of loops back into the beginning doesn't it it's, it's weird man mm. like, you guys watch it like go and watch it uh, let us know what you think about it because yeah, I just found it weird man uh, having said that though like this movie and most of this guy's movies are quiet they don't use don't a lot sound. of like suspense and like like build up or anything like that it's it's very quiet and it it makes you I can, it, can, it, can, it can be boring I, yeah. I can see how yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I don't know I kind of find that enjoyable as well but some movies they just I'm, I'm at the cinema I'm just like yo can I get the can I get the remote put the volume down like so <laughs> I don't know if I'm being an old man but yeah some movies I'm just there like yo why is it so loud <laughs> Yeah, and then no one flinches that. but you yeah exactly and it's not even an action scene you're the only one that's all jittery <laughs> it's, it's not even into the movies yet it's just the adverts before yeah exactly <laughs> Is it? <laughs> is this song too loud for everyone? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to like do a selfie, <laughs> go around with the questionnaire, like. <laughs> but no, that, that film was just very weird, man. It's like the the whole plot is is, is like is meant to be like a loop from the beginning to the start to the end, and, and yeah, mm. watch watch it and you'll see what I mean. And let me know what you think, like Shmagi. I think you, I think you'll like the cinematic aspects of it. But the storyline, I think you, I think you'll you'll have the same opinion as me. Yeah, we'll I mean, see. Because even with the story, not the storyline, the, the way that it looks and stuff, and the way the nerd writer was mm. described, like the nerd writer for those that don't know is basically this guy who, like, sort of summarizes different like sorts of like videos and uh, movies and stuff like that, and he gets like the artistic aspect of it and what makes it stand out, what makes it special. Mm. Like he did a um, like a synopsis almost of 
like Martin Luther King's speech yeah. and said why that it was so powerful at, at the time. time. Yeah. Yeah, so I pretty much just saw it from that angle and from the way that it did look, it was like, yeah, this is pretty... Do you guys ever you guys ever watch that the that YouTube channel is like um like movie sins or something? It's like top movie sins. Yeah, like, it's just where it, 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 oh, it just goes all through all the mistakes. Yeah, it goes through yeah. all the mistakes. Like um, there was the arrival one as well. And yeah, there was like so many shocking things. It's like when like in the beginning when she was like you see when everyone was evacuating and stuff in the beginning. Yeah, and then they were like, uh, why like why why did she come back to the school the next day? <laughs> <laughs> There were so many points as well. It wasn't. Just, I just found. Yeah, I think after I watched that, you know what she looked like because mm. everyone else like sort of running away and they knew what was going on, yeah. but she was like sort of clueless. Yeah. She reminds me of like how I am in university every time like there's a <laughs> holiday coming up. You know, like I never know when bank holidays or any yeah, like yeah, a two week yeah. holiday I'm comes like, up. I'm like that now. I have to ask someone around me, or else I come in the next like week <clears> when no one's around. Yeah, me. I'm literally I'm working full time now, right? so I, I have no concept of like my my sibling my siblings then their school holidays and stuff. One day I'll just like I'll be there early in the morning I'm like yo why are these guys still asleep like, I, I wake them up and, and I'm like yo get up <laughs> like some militant sergeant yeah like, I'll get them all up and then uh, and then they'll look at them <laughs> they'll all be looking at me like mad and sorted, like <laughs> yeah they're like what is wrong with our big brother and I'm like oh man mm-hmm. oh, my, my bad we're free man <laughs> well yeah I was like absolutely abused <laughs> Okay, um, back to back to the points. So, what was, what's your creative background like? In terms, of why, why do you consider yourself um, a creative? I, if you uh, do, I do videos. Uh, I've been doing that for like I think almost four years now. Ah. Uh, sort of uh, making videos, editing videos, anything to do with it. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I think I've been doing it professionally for three years though. Goals right there. Three, I think so. <clears throat> that's the so yeah, that's that's <clears throat> my background. So I sort of like I delve. Not too deeply. I'm I'm not one of those people that like watch black and white movies and give give the most obscure references mm. to like French filmmakers and things <laughs> like that. No, I, I just I just like I like it and yeah. you know I just wanted to get into it. Was that like a? Did you go through university and study it, or did you just like start for like freelancing and stuff in your own time? New, no, new. No, I just I, I I actually did um, like a science degree <laughs> in university, <laughs> um, but I got sort of sidetracked i think uh, i was doing like videos for societies and things like that in my uni and then after that i sort of got into this program where you can uh, they give you like a grant and all these types of things and they let you pursue like whatever business idea that you had in mind and then my idea was like video Mm. so it was either that or keep looking for graduate jobs so then when i got into the program i was like okay let me put the graduate thing on hold and then mm. after doing the video thing for a while i was like okay this is the thing to do now that's interesting you're quite deep into it then at this point i think for us we're yeah we're like like just entering it our, our aspirations are to get into um, professionally creating things and <clears throat> you've got a lot of like we, uh, for me like, my hand's in a lot of buckets at the moment there's a lot of interest that i have and all of this relates to the book that we're going to talk about later but yeah exactly yeah uh, that reminded me yeah. yeah there's a lot of interest that i have and um I, I, i'm not like i don't specialize in any of it yet but yeah um i think like video i'm interested in like video making editing i find it enjoy- enjoyable even when i'm editing the podcast and like listening back to like funny bits i i find that quite uh, enjoyable and then um also writing a book at the moment i think shimaki is because uh, it, it relates to the book and also this but all those little hobbies that you have mm. um, 
they sort of lead to something if you if you if you stick with it long enough because exactly. uh is, is it good to sort of mention this in uh in the book like now it's up to you man do what you want uh, yeah basically he talks about in the book where the the guy who wrote the book did uh, music or something he was playing guitar and then he stopped it for a long time to do his uh art thing or art direction thing so he, he felt like there was something missing when he left it for so long and then when he came back to it he realized why he needed this in his life because it just informed his other creative pursuits if he stuck with the guitar thing he could he could he could have led to different ways of thinking when he did his other art thing so he felt that like his other creative pursuits if he didn't give it up it could inform and make him a better creative yeah. and uh, to be honest uh, when uh, before I ever did video I used to do graphic design and again it wasn't through uni or anything it's because me and my friend we wanted to do like do you remember when Islamic t-shirts were the rave back in the day yeah, yeah like Sabr and uh, Amar yeah, and no no not the, no, that, those are the new ones I'm talking uh, about back in the day back in like 2009 10 when it was like pray five times a day and they had like an NBA yeah. logo but remixed into a yeah. guy praying and it's like blue and white <laughs> yeah I remember those like cheesy Don't ones your we wanted to uh, we were sort of like little kids that wanted to make money, so well, we like, wanted to do that. Like Goku with the Goku with the Khamis and stuff. That's the one, you know the one. And then we used, oh uh, we used to God. like uh, we was on fireworks and we were doing different ideas and we sh- we had like a Facebook group when those things were cool okay. and we sort of shared it on there and we sort of like we 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 slaughtered each other because with the feedback that we gave each other were not nice at all. We cut each other down. And especially when you're starting off, someone telling you that you, what you spent six hours on is terrible, scrap <laughs> it, we don't need it. Mm. Uh, it sort of builds a toughness in you. So um, I kept doing that afterwards, even though we flopped and we never is made that, any t-shirts. Is that because the work was Me actually bad or because you are just harsh to each other? No, we were terrible oh, and we were harsh to each other. But <laughs> it, it worked hand in hand. So uh, a- afterwards, we sort of kept doing that even though we never did t-shirts uh, me to me and another friend we kept messing around with uh like creative programs mm. illustrator and uh, things like that and we we always shared our work on on facebook it was not for anything it was just hey i was bored for three hours mm. look what i did yeah. hey I, uh, you know and we kept doing that for years mm. until we came, became good enough to do posters and different types of things and one time we was going to do this a t-shirt for Syria mm. on behalf of a charity and we actually printed out the t-shirts and made different things then realized okay this costs too much money so we don't want to do it anymore but again we still pursued it and now when I do video it informs my design aesthetic when I do video so mm. it it went hand in hand so I, thinking about it, it was it was a thing that was worth pursuing because otherwise I don't think I would have been as good with videos if I didn't mm. keep doing the graphic design thing that's really interesting uh, yeah there's a lot of things that like directly relate to the book it's, it's weird because all these points that he talks about in the book is like we've some of us like there's some some points that you relate to is like your your you growing up and your experiences in life have, have like led to you unconsciously um performing these habits or, or like regularly adding these habits to your life which is weird but yeah, it, yeah it's nice that he like puts them all in one book and you can see like where they all relate and like they all interconnect so yeah um what about you shimaki personal creative influences because I've got like I'm interested in so many different things I feel like I don't have one person that like I can say that this person was a creative influence of mine Um, for a very long time I remember when I was into like comics and stuff like that Mm. um, even though I didn't know anything about like Stan Lee or 
the person that made the Marvel comics. I was just into like the way that the it was story done. and the superheroes. The yeah, the way the stories were done, and I've always just been a fan of like storytelling, I guess. So, um, like when it comes to reading books, then and I'm looking to like you know write my book. I'm looking at all the top storytellers and seeing how they do and seeing what emotions they use and how like a different scene or set can change the <clears throat> the way the mood of the whole like thing that you're trying to portray mm. um and then that also like sort of what big shot was saying as well <laughs> it's like, i can't i can't i can't like, give you a straight face yeah you're, you're like you're serious and then you say yeah like big shot was saying. <laughs> yeah um it's like it's why my mom calls me as well so <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm it's used to it now that's calm no, don't worry about it man <laughs> um, it's like uh, the same way when it comes to so you're like you're doing something else and then if you're doing like videos and stuff like that trying to make um, a little short movie or whatever it is um, the, the, the storytelling that you get from books and stuff like that the way that influences you know your storytelling overall uh in terms of like any specific uh, you didn't say any specific people any specific people because it, it, it just depends on what i'm doing mm. so if it's like books it would be like george r Martin or like jk rowling mm. like the top guys like mm. jr tolkien um if it's like movies then it's like Spielberg, like Scorsese, um, in terms of the way that, like, I personally like the way that Scorsese makes the characters like the forefront of like the movie, um, and makes it all about them and like their struggles and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing. There's it, it, another point in, in in the book as well where he's talking about like you as a person being like a conglomerate or like a collection of all the different creative influences that you've um, allowed yeah. into your life. And yeah, that's yeah. that's really poignant to me because you you I was like I wrote down these notes and I I, write, I like wrote down these points where I was gonna um, comment and and ask you guys what you think like personal creative influences. But I, I was struggling to think of it myself. I was like, yeah, to be honest, I think most all of us will just agree that um like because like, how many interests we do have and the amount of information that's filtered into our minds these days like via the internet and stuff yeah, yeah there's, there's so much content that we we allow into our minds so yeah i, I don't think there's like one single particular point uh, or yeah. person who you can be like yeah that's the guy like that's the guy that influenced me like yeah, but, yeah so it's uh it's uh there was this one point from the book that i because I highlighted so many parts of the book because mm. it's everything is a quote basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, going to be using those until, for for the next few weeks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there was this part where a writer said, "Like if you copy one author, it's plagiarism, but if you copy many, it's research." Yeah, and yeah. that's so true. I'm going to be driving. I want to put all of these on t-shirts, and yeah, you're going to see. And, then, <laughs> and then if they if they say <laughs> if they say it's plagiarism, I'll just say oh, I stole like an artist. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I stole it from the book to tell you to exactly. steal. Exactly. Uh, so we're all gonna become kleptomaniacs. But do you say that's not true? What? No, no, it's hundred percent true. No. Because if you just copy one guy, you're just gonna be that one guy. Yeah. But if you copy many, you can become a unique version of all of them. Yeah, like and then they compare like your genealogy, like your parents, and made you, which is like a combination of two, but becomes something different. Yeah. So I, I found that interesting because yeah, 
I don't. I don't. When I look at like for influence or whatever, I look at several people. I don't. I don't just look at one. Yeah, it's a bit like Bruce Lee when he was doing his whole martial arts thing. That he wasn't just after one yeah. specific like school of teaching. He was doing. He was like picking out all the things that he liked from different ones and bringing them all all together. Yeah, that's how like mixed martial arts came to be formed, didn't it? Like, um, uh, how am I forgetting the whole the whole. <laughs> what is it the sport the octo- I, I forget the, the whole thing UFC UFC I might forget the whole it's, I'm ill right now yeah. I was like that's oh, how UFC octagon <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm ill right now excuse me but yeah the, I think that's how part of the UFC like most of the the fighting styles in the UFC came to be formed by like combining different styles of fighting and stuff but yeah that's interesting Um, I also found this interesting because there was another there's one YouTuber that, like when I started um, like earlier, like mid last year, I was like uh, getting into graphic design and learning about it and um, learning about digital art and stuff. And I found one YouTuber, uh, um, some uh, another American YouTuber, and uh, he he does all sorts of weird, like really abstracty, um, like digital art. And he's called Dumb Sketchcast. Yeah, I, I, I was listening. To, he had a podcast as well. Like he's got some really strong views as well. So <laughs> if I would recommend it, but to that him. makes him sound dangerous. What do you mean yeah, strong yeah. views? Is he racist? <laughs> what does that mean? No, no, no. He's just a his 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 way of thinking is different from most people. I think I think that's what you can say about a lot of artists. But still yeah, listen to me. Go 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 watch his is stuff. He a racist? Dude? No, he's not. He's not. That's what I want to know. Because whenever you say things like strong views, it it it's like trigger words. It's it like, is. What do you mean? It is a trigger word. But yeah, I don't mean it in the way that <laughs> he's on far left and far right guy. But yeah, yeah. he's just a he's a digital artist, and yeah, he he was making a point. Someone asked him him um, for advice on how to find their style in art, basically, and he was like, he literally said the same thing that well, I read in this book, and I don't know if he got it from the book, but yeah, this was like a year and a half ago. He, he said that yeah, go find someone that you're interested in, and then go find a few people that they were interested in, and then just do the research, basically. So uh, he moved probably got it from the book because it was it was basically like verbatim but yeah <clears throat> i found that, that interesting because that, that's where i heard that that point from before and then i started thinking about how it can be adopted into like development and like schools and education and like raising mm-hmm. your children i was like if you have a child that's like naturally like for example i have a young brother in year four and he's like naturally very talented at art i gotta protect the brother i gotta, I gotta nudge <laughs> yeah, I mean. yeah um he he really like he's really good at art like just naturally like all the, all the others aren't as good as him like a lot like uh, in terms of art in general like drawing and stuff like I, I used to be quite good at that stuff when I was younger and then uh, I saw that he could do it as well and uh, I was like when I was younger I didn't really have anyone to nurture me in that like in that way in that, that artistic form because um, like our, our culture and our gen- like the, all the generation of people that were raising us up at that point they obviously art was just a, a like an absolute negative for them no no Mm. So they didn't really encourage me in that regard, you know. So I, I was thinking about it and how I would like um, in the future if I have kids, how I would raise them and like. Would you selectively put different influences into your child's life and uh, control it as well as a parent or guardian, so that the the child develops in that in that way? I, I wonder if like there's a certain way of thinking in that in that regard. I think is interesting. Yeah, I think there's like. I think there's benefit to like how we were raised and this like also the new age thing. I don't think it's it's right to sort of be like, hey, let the kid explore what they want mm. fully and then spend all your time and money into that because kids are fickle. They they will go in and out of one thing. Exactly. I think you sort of should give them the options, mm. but at the same time you should pu- like provide some structure. Otherwise, this it's just gonna be too much money spent. You're gonna go to random karate classes, random like 
go-kart event is just gonna be too much and mm. like i don't know maybe they'll be confused or whatever i think there should be some structure you should like expose them to enough things to make them to for you to assess what they're more interested in yeah. instead of like having that childish mentality <laughs> of let them let explore live. let them yeah let them see what boys will be boys in it <laughs> yeah um, but yeah um there's a lot of interesting points but yeah the you know those two points that we just covered i literally had those as the first notes that i made so it's weird that we covered them and then i i went i made notes about the actual book itself so yeah it's weird that we covered those naturally but yeah <laughs> you guys want to talk about anything yeah uh what's it called uh the, the thing you were talking about like uh, having different influences and things like that. I think especially like nowadays when, because I've never really asked someone how you can have your own style or things like that. Like I've I've never really felt the need because I, I, I never did any unicorns or anything like that. So I, because I, I just explored through my own Interest. thing. Like every time we, because me and my friends, we did like different videos on the weekends and holidays. Like we just played around with the concept we never thought about okay how can we make this formal to a degree we thought okay how can i make this look cool but we never thought about how can i make it big when we haven't done anything at all mm. we were arrogant to think that we was going to make the best thing ever but we never thought about okay this is going to go cinemas we just we just like it was within our own circle but nowadays when you can see how quickly people can go from nothing to something i think people sort of get lost in their own self-development so if instead of focusing on the craft people will quickly sort of do something for a month and think that they deserve all the attention for doing something for a month mm. when it's good like when he talks about the book it says it's good to be obscure it's good for no one to know you because that way like y you can sort of figure out what you want to do yeah. and what you, you sort the, of want to like you know you have the freedom to experiment you know, tinker with and develop yeah things like that it's like a, so, that's interesting because i was there was um, I forgot who it was, but stumbled across a video where it was some guy that was talking about stopping the vlog, like because he was a vlogger, and um, mm. a lot of other YouTubers have like stopped doing their daily vlog thing because of yeah. they started off YouTube because of the creativity because they enjoyed yeah. making videos and the whole process of putting that out, yeah. and then once the vlog started becoming like repetitive, the same old thing again and again and again. Then they just lost that drive and that passion to to basically keep on doing it. So it just became a yeah. thing where they would just record for the sake of recording. Um, and it's and it's interesting because obviously a lot of like with the point that you were saying before, like a lot of these guys they just got into it for like the vlogging because at first it was like yeah this yeah. could be a massive cash cow like we could make it exactly. through this. And then afterwards, it just because there's nothing like creative or anything that they feel like they're really working hard towards that. And it just makes them just, you know, like, I don't want to be basically doing this the same reason why, like, Casey Neistat as well. Yeah. Who was doing the daily vlogging thing, the same reason why he stopped. And obviously, there's other reasons, like, because of their personal lives and stuff like that. You can't yeah. be having a camera on you all the time. But yeah, it's it's like it's really interesting um, because I was also uh, listening to Rhett and Link one time, and they were going in on their podcast about because um, they're looking to switch up the stuff that you they said do. That, like usually. everyone knows who they are. Well, Rhett and Link, do you know? Who they are? No, I know them. Good yeah. I know them. morning. <laughs> you know, 
I had a feeling. Yeah. I had a feeling. <laughs> big shot. Yeah, yeah. Big shot. <laughs> yeah, that, honestly, they're one of the most creative, like look and everything. Yeah. They're one of the best. Originals, I think. Yeah. I have a theory, by the way. People who are over like mid twenties that started on YouTube are a lot more refined than people who started like early teenage times. Yeah, that's uh, another point I want to talk about. But later on, I think I'll cover it because it's, it's one of my points. So, uh, so what were you saying about uh, Rhett and Link? Uh, yeah, so basically, um, <coughs> what they were saying in their podcast was that uh, that they're trying to find something new because obviously they don't want to be um, doing the same thing again and again and again and again constantly because mm. this is like the same thing with, I think, all creative people that... Um, a lot of people like it for the challenge for to to gain you know something new a new experience from it um and because they've been doing it for such a while they're they're like we are trying to experiment with new things and 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 new styles um so just like that was just the point that i wanted to sort of cover because a lot of like these a lot of creative people they're just afraid of like being stuck of doing the same thing mm, over yeah. over and over again because i think I, I have like this uh theory about youtubers there's some that are definitely wanted to be filmmakers and, yeah. and and wanted to pursue all these creative fields but because they got such a huge following from a this particular format now they have an audience that relies on them for this for one that, thing yeah that's the thing so so they can't move away from it yeah. so now like they've spent what six years doing challenge videos and like like little challenges. sketches that weren't like fully like refined so now when they want to do like fully fledged projects yeah, they're not as good like, as they would have been if they sort yeah. of you know experimented mm. and uh, you know did more risky stuff mm. because a lot of the times because they, they're afraid to fail but the way you become better is by failing and making terrible things and then figuring out the mistakes but if you're always going through a format that you you know perfected like three years ago and you're doing it like three years down the line then you're not really going to be able to make something completely different because you haven't practiced it you haven't practiced in every different format there is to you know like tell a story if you only you know perfected Mm. one basically fame the 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 drawbacks of fame essentially it doesn't let you be flexible and uh, have that freedom to experiment and um, practice things that you actually enjoy (laughs) so yeah um, that's another point in the book that's the thing it also (coughs) depends on like what you sort of put yourself into like if if you set up a a youtube channel and you're just like a challenge guy um, or like a prank person then and then you suddenly come out with one day with a video which is like meaningful with a short film yeah people just be like what, <laughs> what what's this we didn't yeah. wait for this uh, it's like the same way how actors like pigeonhole themselves so there's that there's that like there's fat comedy relief guy mm. who's only going to get that fat comedy relief role like james corden and joe the hill like those kind of and then you've got like guys or Johnny like Depp, every single who can do different roles and stuff like that and, and do it well yeah that that was interesting when you guys spoke uh, last week about when Jonah Hill went for that movie he, he yeah. expe- accepted a lower salary yeah. it, to branch himself out yeah that that's what I did a lot in my career where I sort of did free or very low paid work because that project was so different from every other project I'd done and in my mind I was like this is something that will set me apart in mm-hmm. my portfolio yeah. it's something different that I've done so yeah it's it, it's something to be said to sort of like be out there because if 
if you haven't done animation before and you're doing animation at a bigger scale later down the line you're more likely to do the worst job ever exactly. than if you did you, than if you do it like in the infancy of your career you know career yeah that's that's interesting I, i'm gonna keep on piggybacking on your points because yeah <laughs> that's where your conversation works <laughs> but yeah um i'll listen to another podcast so i don't know if you i always mention them the, the mind heist podcast i don't know if you listen to them um i've listened to uh, one or two of them yeah, yeah they're, they're very good yeah, i think they're, they're i think they're excellent and there's um so one of the guys uh i think he's called amir i mean yeah i mean um and he's he basically he's a uh, he's got his own company and he's talk, he talks he talks about like how he goes through his interview processes and how he employs people and i found some points interesting where he was like there's one guy who um basically told him because i mean wanted a, a full-time worker basically and um there was one guy who couldn't work full-time and he said i can only work part-time but i'm very skilled and i'll show you that and what he, the guy did was literally um he said i'll work for free for two weeks uh, I'll work for you for free for two weeks part time, and if you like me, employ me. Basically, and uh, there's a lot. Of the, I found that interesting. Is like the the amount of compromises you have to make for, to to get what you want, but it's also like the the view someone might have of you. But like by doing that compromise is also a big thing because then that person might like that networking opportunity that you might get from it if that person really mm, likes you. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, people always dismiss that idea. Like you know, in this current climate where everything's like mental health is a big, big thing, yeah. and people are very like sensitive and like they they, they tiptoe around the issues. And they're like, if you don't like something, you should leave it. If you don't like people, you should, if you don't like a certain person, you should cut them off. You shouldn't um, go through it. You shouldn't work in a job that's toxic or whatever. You know all these trigger words. Like he said, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's interesting because. Um, there else in real life you're gonna have to grind out some things that you 100%, don't enjoy 100%. and a lot of people are still are like very uh, I would say very childish and immature about it to be honest and uh, you know what they don't have though they don't have like the, the vision like they don't understand how for example uh, that guy he the only reason he offered free work because he understood the lo- like the long end yeah, of it exactly. how he was gonna benefit oh, yeah. him in the long end exactly what, what a lot of these people do they're like okay I'm I'm depressed after this week of work that I don't like this environment. Mm. I can't do this anymore. But mm. they don't understand, okay, six months time, uh, if I do this, then I can do something. Like they don't plan ahead. They only mm. think of like, if I'm uncomfortable now, I want to leave now. Mm. But just be uncomfortable for a little bit so that next, when you leave afterwards, it, it, it does better things afterwards. And that's the thing. So, or like, just take whatever you can from it whatever little sliver of benefit and then leave exactly and that's the thing uh, uh, I was also um, thinking about that earlier when I was reading the book there's another aspect of, of self-help books that I don't quite like is that uh, some people will read a self-help book and suddenly their whole personality changes <laughs> it's like they take everything from the self-help book and they try and employ it like, like literally emulate it basically and rather than taking the good points of it and leaving the bad points I, I, I've seen some people that, that will take the book and like they'll, they'll try and live their life based on that book which is, which is weird ah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah it's hard to become a millionaire type of one yeah, ah. yeah. so um, uh, we ha- do you know 48 laws of power i've heard of it but i haven't read it yet uh, we have a friend that used to read that and he used to use those techniques on us and <laughs> that was a rocky time in our friendship where <laughs> this guy literally was using us like guinea pigs and oh, we, we clocked on early on but oh, it was God. just you can't respect the person after they literally mold their lives <laughs> after like a, a book that only 20 year olds read there's a reason grown men don't read those <laughs> books 
Yeah, so when you're entering <laughs> when you're entering any new phase where you might have to make those compromises, you just have to make those decisions, make those big, big decisions, and think about it like thoroughly and understand what support avenues you have available to you as well. Because people have all this thing where it's like depression, mental health, um, all these negative things, and then they don't think about the, the the support avenues that they do have. They just think that they're by themselves, they're in this by themselves. Um, they're gonna bottle up everything, and yeah, it, I think that's very immature. Just to sort of touch up on that point as well about you know going into workplaces that are toxic and stuff like that there was a point that he mentioned um, in the book where that's five thing no it was like how that the teachers are paid to like listen to to your views and ideas oh yeah and the way that the children are paying to also like listen to the in the classroom environment environment, yeah that school is the only time where you actually have a captive audience of people that actually listen to your ideas and actually care but mm-hmm. once you leave, then it's like no one really, no one really cares about what you've got, what you've got yeah, to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all. It, it just becomes a matter of like, wh- what can you do? Like, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Because it's like <laughs> to just because he said he doesn't. <laughs> so like to sort of back that point up is like one time when, when Casey Neistat was talking about. Um, I can see this guy's one of your creative influences. Yeah, he is. Whenever someone says anything that's like, like <laughs> good, it just sticks in my head, and it? it's yeah. just how it works. Um, he was basically talking about how he gets a lot of like people sending him CVs and stuff like that. Like, can I work for you? Can I work for you? Because, mm. and then they start talking about what they can do. Like, I'm very skillful at taking these shots. Mm. I do this. I do that. I do that. But he's like. Um, he then gave like advice about how to actually get like a job not just at his place but at anywhere which is basically saying what you can do for like other people like for the company that yeah. you're going into mm. you know it's, it's good that you have skills of your own but it's like how can you then you know make it apply for that I company? remember that episode I remember that yeah. one yeah and that was like I kind of sort of changed the way that like even I put like you know how you have CVs and then cover letters mm. instead of making yeah. it always about me it's about like obviously you talk about your skills and stuff like that and then it's how you can apply that to helping out the, the company yeah what can you do for them what can you do for, for them exactly That's, that was um, yeah that was a very the, interesting point the mental health thing that you were talking about uh, I, I don't know if he was talking with regards to mental health but uh, there's a good point that he made that I could relate to where he was talking about balancing multiple projects mm. where you sort of don't just do one thing you do like several things at yeah. once mm. uh, because that sort of alleviates um, like any stress that you have like so it's one project is too much for you to handle yeah spend some time on that but then spend something some extra like other time on like a project that you really yeah. want to do good. and that sort of invigorates you to do what you have to do it's like like a lot of the times when I did work for like clients that I didn't like and it was like mind-numbingly boring I sort of I did their work but on the side I also did my own work which made me feel like more creative again because Mm. it was my own thing and then I put some of that energy back into the client's work Mm. instead of like you know like feeling like I was going to shoot myself because this was the most boring thing to do it's like okay let me do this creative thing that I like and then use that energy to do uh, you know what I need to do. That's the thing with. So, uh, sorry, go ahead. You know what you're saying? 
Um, I think that, I was, I was going to say that's the thing with creative careers, like that balance is so important. It's like there's, yeah. there's, there's all these like these cheesy quotes, like there's no sunshine without rain and stuff, and like yin and yang, yin yang and that stuff. It's just like you can't keep on doing the same thing like over and over and not get bored, even if it is something that you do enjoy. So essentially, it is down to your boredom, and like when you're bored, you do get stressed. Don't you? <laughs> you're just doing the mm-hmm. same thing over and over, and you can't do the same thing over and over without getting bored. Um, you need a little Did bit. You of even variety. talked about in the book like boredom least inspiration yeah there's so many t- like how many times do you hear people who work in like places that are crazy boring stressful and then they start a business idea yeah. from that same that's place yeah mm. it's like when i started um when i like so i started working about two and a half years ago and i was like coming fresh out of uni um i'd only done uni one year and then i, I did an apprenticeship and then um, when i jumped into the apprenticeship i had this uh, black and white idea of um you have your creative things that you want to do and then you have your work things that you want to do it's like a lot of young people have this idea as well where you're, if you don't um if you're not creating stuff right now you're probably going to stagnate and stuff like you're not going to be able to have mm. that time that you you are working at nine to five and grinding you're not going to be able to create anything and it's going to be boring and stuff and it's, it's always like this thing that I have uh, I can feel people being a bit judgmental about what I do in that um, I'm working 9 to 5 but they don't see the, the behind the scenes things that I'm doing in terms of creativity and um, they don't see the ambition that I have and uh, it's like they see you're working 9 to 5 but it's like that's the end all and be all and that's it you're not going to amount to anything creatively it's, it's a weird thing that I think a lot of young people have it's just but uh, isn't that like does not show how shallow their passion was to begin with to show mm. that a 9 to 5 will break your spirit in doing something creative exactly so yeah, that's just that means you weren't really down for it to begin with I think a lot of people are I think the majority of people are like that and they're not willing to, to stick in stick out for the hard times and um, wait or be patient uh, people would rather like take shortcuts and um, like compromise their beliefs and that, uh, that's the thing I have issue with that <laughs> and I always encourage people to, to like take their time and be a bit patient with whatever they're doing and you'll see results at the end of the day but yeah yeah yeah, and also another point that I wanted to bring out from the book was that um, he talked about how when you have a creative idea and then you slowly start lose, you stop losing uh, the bar chart thing. Yeah, where well, you don't have the, the passion chart. for it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And he had the the chart, which is basically life of a project. Yeah, yeah my phone's decided to bug out. <laughs> basically, basically, yeah, go for it then. Is it like the comfort level thing? No, it's the one where he's talking about, um, like, the life of a project where the life cycle. he's got in in a way where it's like a tick. It's a diagram. The way around. Oh yeah, I got it right up here. I actually bookmarked that thing. Yeah. So where it's like it. It's like this is the best idea ever, yeah. and then it goes all the way down so to it's, it's bad. I, I hate like it. It's, it's not good. Yeah. So it's like this is the best idea ever. Then it's like okay, it's harder than I thought. Then it's like okay, it's gonna take some work. Then this is this sucks. It's boring. Then it's the dark night. Of the soul. <laughs> I like this guy. It's like it will be good to finish because I'll learn something for next time. And then it's done and it sucks, but it's not as bad as I thought. Hundred percent. Like, that is so many times where I thought of like a, a book idea and I've like it's like yeah, this is really interesting. This is what I want to do, and then. It's like uh, I don't really, I don't really think this is gonna be as good as I thought it would be, and then a lot of times I've actually stopped um, working on it, and it was interesting uh, when Jordan Peele won his Oscar thing, and mm. it was like how he stopped like writing his movie thing like over twenty like, like twenty times, mm. um, 
and then he went back to it and then he thought that you know what maybe this could work and then obviously he won an Oscar for it <coughs> so yeah. yeah there's so many yeah I, I've i done that all like there's so many times I've like one time I couldn't go sleep I had to write like bare things on my note and then I actually fully that one day drew up like a whole storyboard yeah. and I was like yo I want to do this I never ended up doing it because it didn't work out, but it was still something that I saved, locked away, yeah. and it was something for the future. But most of the times, like, projects go through this, it's like, you think it's good, but near the end, it's like, this is probably the worst thing I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you put it out there, and you, you make people... But the thing with me, I'm too... There's so many projects, even now, I have this sort of dynamic storytelling thing that I want to release, but I, I'm too scared of it. So most of the times, I share it to, like, close friends, and mm, I, I let them decide on it, and then... Even yeah. then, I'm not confident enough about it. So it's it's yeah. having that jump of like showing it to the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. I want to see that. Um, but yeah, in terms of ideas, like when you just said you you couldn't sleep or whatever. But yeah, I have this thing where I have a random idea. Like I'm, I'm like settling down to sleep, and then just out of nowhere, I'm on my bed. Phones in the charger away from me, and I, I just think of a random idea. Like I don't know, maybe it's because like you're bored, and then you're just like getting ready to sleep, or exactly. like, you're trying to sleep, and then you that little boredom of like that that period yeah, before heard, you sleep. I heard from someone I forgot who it was, but they were like how um, most <clears throat> artists like have a notepad. Yeah, next to their beds because yeah. they get like most of their good ideas before the. That's weird. Sleep. It's weird, but it always happens to me. Always, and then I'm just there, it like yeah. yeah, I'm just like there, like I, I grab my phone as quickly as I can and like make as much notice about it as possible before the same, idea same, flies same, out yeah. of my head. Don't you hate it when the idea like slips out of your head just as you're you're about there, to write? It? There was this TED talk about this uh, author, and she was talking about how inspiration works, and she said it's like this thing that if you don't capture it right then and there it's gonna leave forever yeah. mm. like there's so many times i tried repeating it to myself but the more you repeat it it doesn't make is. sense yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like you, have you ever looked through your notes and you read through your ideas and like yeah. what is this again oh, i have God. no it's literally like two words but yeah. in that moment those two words made like a whole book yeah. in your mind it meant everything it's like <laughs> it's just two words yeah there's so many things like i'll randomly start writing down like put my idea or something and i'll come back to it later and i'm just like what the heck were you think <laughs> it's, it's weird man but yeah i was gonna say like when, what times do your ideas come to you like, like i remember like, one time like you know when you're in like wakefulness you're, you're not really awake yet but you're not really asleep you mean just, yeah, like, in the morning like, when you're feeling groggy and yeah, like, yeah i remember like this is I still don't understand why this meant so much to me <laughs> but like there was these two like polar bears that were fighting right in armor okay and, like have you I seen I saw that as a film yeah like you know that f- what's, what's it called the with the little girl yeah I try to remember it anyways yeah so there's there's these two like polar compass, bears golden compass golden compass that's it there's, there's these two polar bears that are fighting like some next ancient China, China looking place yeah. right and then they oh, come they come sliding down the ramp and then as they're both about to like what ramp bo- I don't know I don't know <laughs> where this is coming skateboard ramp yeah like some slide thing. they came down on the skateboard <laughs> yo it sounds lit already come on man, oh, man. That's, what's, what's happening yeah. what's happening and then and then so then like they get on their hind legs and they're about to like give it to each other <laughs> so they're on the skateboard then, with four legs yeah. and then the gate opens and, and like they get shot down by humans and then like I remember there was like this God. narrator in my head that was yeah. like and in the end it's always humans <laughs> and I said to you I woke up I woke up with like this feeling in my chest like it all makes sense <laughs> I was like, it's always humans. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> and then I wrote it down. And then right now, I still, for the life of me, can't explain why I got such a good feeling from that. I don't know why. I, 
yeah, that's your epiphany that's when you realize all evils just stemmed from us yeah i think that's what i realized at that moment in time <clears throat> that's mad yeah you know feel the bear at heart mate that's all it is <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, what were, you were saying? Uh, where do I get the most inspiration from? Yeah, you, you're, you're you're very good at coming back to the back to the points, aren't you? <laughs> Come back to us. I was about to go on to the next point. But no, yeah. because I wanted to say something. So <laughs> yeah, then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's the before I go to sleep, toilet a lot of the time. Oh, yes. Shower toilet, all the shower, time. Yes. I transport every time I'm in like just in, in a train. place of still yeah no, stillness. That's, that's exactly what the guy was saying in the book. It was basically like how he purposely does his ironing because like of those moments you know where you you're just you just let your yeah, mind yeah yeah daydream basically. yeah that's when you just start thinking of all these things and how he goes to like the first come first serve um barbers where he's where there's a lot of time to wait before you get your hair cut where yeah he purposely goes to them places just so that he could get that moment where he's just Sitting and thinking. Yeah, and he can think. Yeah, he recreates it, yeah. Yeah, I do that in the bubs. It's strange. Because the worst part, actually, uh, and don't judge me for this, also Salah, when I, (laughs) my concentration (laughs) slips sometimes. I I agree. And sometimes it it goes to like crazy ideas. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, of course, like I fix up and I I say, (laughs) I'll do the lunch at Anjum, then continue on. Yeah, you stop yourself mentally. It's like, yo, fix up, man. But yeah. I really do need to. Make that for me, guys. We will and uh, make that for us as well because uh, I, I suffer from the same affliction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the next point I wanted to talk about was when you're consuming content and you're critiquing it, you're watching something, you're listening to something, you're, 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 um, what? Why am, I, yeah. why am I blanking out like that? But yeah, you're consuming some kind of creative content and you start thinking about ways that you can improve it. And uh, I found that interesting as well because it's like when you're when you're critiquing something, you're, you're talking about how you would have done it differently. You watch a film and you're like, uh, I didn't like that part. I would have done it this way. You're also creating an idea and you're thinking about it in a different way as well. And then the writer also said that like he watched Jurassic Park, I think the first one, and then he went and wrote his own version of how yeah. the, the sequel would be. So I, I found that interesting. It's like, I think all of us do that and all of us are consciously like unconsciously creating something the only difference is that you're not putting it on paper or actioning it so i found that interesting and then he also talked about the idea of um finding that your unique blend of style or your your style of art that is unique to you that that identifies you from the masses of artists out there is a good way of doing it is by um, thinking about it as all your favorite artists and all your favorite influences all coming together on one project and working together and essentially you being the lead and you being the head of that project or the director and that's what makes your unique blend of art work and yeah that was a really like like I, mean, I, I found that interesting it's like you don't really think about it in those ways and I, I like that's how a lot of people pitch movie ideas as well they mm. say like this is a mix of this this and that like they always say, like this this movie that I'm making mixes this movie with that movie with a hint of this. So they always use uh, other people's movies or like work as an example for how unique theirs are. You think you could apply that in like like a interview form? Uh, if someone asks you what your strengths and weaknesses are, you just be like, I'm, I got the strength of Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> now you sound too gas if you were to do that. <laughs> I got the strength yeah. of Hercules. I have the, I have the intelligence of Diesel. Einstein. <laughs> yeah, it's, it would be too gas if you said that. Listen, I would hire the guy on the dot. 
imagine like, I'm like, said, yeah, Hercules, yeah. yeah. Imagine, no, imagine if he was like, yeah, I got the show from Hercules. I was like, ah, oh, this guy. And then he just lifts the whole thing. <laughs> Why if the interview <laughs> went along with it and said, okay, let's have our arm wrestle? Our arm wrestle. So he just wanted to call you out. Uh, yeah, then what? Uh, and plot twist. It's a <laughs> woman interviewer. <laughs> Woman interview and she wins. Oh god! And the feminist agenda continues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, they, they, a lot of the, like, even like the ad world, a lot of people make creative treatments, like not even an ad world in the film world together, and it's concept treatments where to present your concept, a lot of people use frames from different movies and different ads and even pictures from like uh, a photo series of like famous photographers to make a vision for their video <clears throat> to like make it like more unique than just if they were to take it from one area alone it would just look bland so they need to take it from as many places as possible to make their thing look as original and unique as possible <clears throat> so the uh, just to touch up on this as well there's a, so in the, the i keep mentioning that we recorded a podcast on this before so i was also thinking about like artificial intelligence and how far it'll come in creativity because people are always saying that um one big argument of artificial intelligence never overtaking humans is that they don't they don't understand empathy and they don't understand emotions and stuff but i was like what if you, what if you had to program that all in and like you were and like I was thinking about how they would be, how they be creative. Um, I was wondering, imagine if artificial intelligence like had all these formulas of successful films and movies, uh, successful films and books and stuff, and and uh, essentially they have it as a mathematical formula, and then they convert it into like an actual creative piece of work. I was like, how would mm. how would artificial intelligence go about doing that? And like, do you think it's possible? For that to happen because i think it's possible because <laughs> uh, yeah it is possible because they're, they're like people within that field have said it is possible and like research all that research type of shows it where <clears throat> all, all they sort of do is quantify like all like a lot because well, think about it a robot will have a lot more references to like different artists than a person will have and they can combine as many different you know because what, what was it uh the the Google AI that came up with a new language, like it, 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 like they can they can take two concepts and make something completely unique. But I think like one of the last, because if if you think about everyone's jobs being taken by robots, I think one of the last jobs to be taken are creative roles, because I think that's one area that hasn't been clocked. Even when it comes to intelligence, people can't quantify creativity as well as they can intelligence. So it's it's one of the hardest like grasped. Uh, concepts. Mm, I guess a factor of that is that there's scientists and there's um, researchers um, doing all this, stu- all these studies and building all these things. Uh, I guess the majority of them aren't um, creatives in that in that way themselves. Which is, yeah, mm. they they think of things in a more analytical manner than in a more abstract manner. I think so. Yeah, um, we just need to stop all those people, <laughs> just just like disrupt all their work. That's what we need to do as creatives. You see anyone doing science and stuff? Like just knock over the experiments. Like, be a I was actually saboteur. looking into that type of stuff in my uh, in my degree where we was talking about uh, like IQ tests mm. and there was this like researcher I think his his name is Sternberg or something and he was looking at how to measure it he wanted to like d- d- define what it was and he said something about like divergent thinking mm. and he he called like creative thinking like its own name he 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 called it like experiential intelligence. Mm. And he uses like uh, the ability to deal with like new situations and divergent thinking, which is to generate new ideas. And most of the people that have this type of thought, they resist usually 
what other people will do. So if if there's an idea that's usually proposed in a certain setting, they will go against it and find a different way. Mm. That's interesting. I think yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of creators are like that, and they, they, we try to, or well, the good ones try to avoid cliches and, um, mm. like you said, imitating rather than emulating. <clears throat> So yeah, anything you want to touch on, Shamaki, before we go into the last three points? You know, one thing that I actually found interesting yeah. when he talked about copying all these artists or all these creatives, he said like it gives you an insight into how they think mm. and like that's the goal where you need to reach. Mm. Don't, Instead of like copying them, understand why they did yeah. that thing. Don't, don't try and look like your heroes, try and see like your heroes. I, I mm. like that. Because that's why with movies, I think about like, how did he come about this? Like, this is such a weird thing to think about. I, I would want to know, like, what's, what headspace was he in to think of this one plot point? Like Mad Max. Have you seen so, Mad Max? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The new one. The, the one that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. That was, wow, was, that was such a weird film, man. But yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's, that, that, it's like an engineering mindset. You want to, like, take it apart and you're like, how did it come yeah. together to begin with? Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched the Atlanta series by, you know, Donald Glover. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. Do you, watch yeah. That, do you watch it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a really good series as well. And yeah. We, they, they think, he thinks in a very different way as well. I enjoy his stuff. Yeah. But yeah, next point. Um, let me just read it out quickly. Being unknown has its benefits. We talked about it before. Um, do you ever think about if you were, if you were to start getting bigger and you think your personality would change once you, your work starts getting recognition and you think you'll be happy all the time like, I don't know happiness is a fickle thing as well like you, life isn't built like that for someone to be happy as well, all the time because like the ultimate dream for a creative is like to be able to like create with no pressure of paying bills or meeting deadlines or handling responsibilities yeah. But then you also like want that assurance that what you're creating is good. Like you, you want people to say that your art is beautiful. You want to share it. It's, it's weird. Is yeah, because I don't I like, like people. Uh, I don't know what brother said this recently on Twitter. I think it's Amos or whatever. I don't like people sharing my work out of obligation. I like them to share it out of like actual interest. That's why I say when yeah. when people listen to the podcast, I'm, I'm just, like, don't just like share it or retweet it or whatever, just because uh, you're my friend or whatever, or um, you're a friend of a friend. I, I would love if you. I would prefer if you'd listen to it first. And yeah. Then if you liked it, then go and share it. Because I I actively look for negative. Like when I ask my friends, like look at this thing. Do you like it? Or no, I don't even say do you like it. What do you think of it? And then when they yeah. say, oh, it looks nice. And I'm like, what can I do with nice? How can I improve with nice? I need yeah. like something more. What, what's exactly. good about it? What's bad about it? So now I have like different like interviewing techniques. I was like, okay, what felt long for you? What what <laughs> didn't make sense for you? So I have to like take, I have to f- figure out ways to get like critique from them. Mm, I think of it, I think of it, things in exactly the same way to be honest. And yeah, I, I think um, because most of us like the art that we create. As as another point in the book is like create things that you like that you would like. Um, like when I'm writing my book, if I don't, if I start thinking, if I start reading that, I'm just like like no one's gonna. I don't like this, so I would anyone else like exactly. it. Exactly. So I'll, I'll delete it, and then it, it, that's the thing with like you you create something and you know what's good about it. So. When you, when you ask someone for feedback, you don't really, you don't really want that good feedback. It's just weird, isn't it? Yeah, you don't. It's like you, you already know it's good. Otherwise, you wouldn't have put it out. You would, you would have kept it a secret if you didn't like it. No, that's actually, there's sometimes you, you need, you need. To, uh, for some reason, I had to release some work, and people said mm. it was bad, and I was like, okay. Or, or other times they're like, oh, it's it's good, and then I didn't care what if they thought it was good because I thought it was bad. So sometimes even if they think opposite to me, yeah. I just won't. Mm. I don't care. If you thought it was good, it's, mm. it's good for you. But for me, it was bad. Even though it was my own mm. work. Mm. 
One, one thing that I realized with like, especially um, a lot of creators and stuff like that is that most people sort of really appreciate them um, when they've died. Yeah. Like guys like Van Gogh and like, his paintings. Yeah, G. And that. Yeah, like they they all made it. Like the people love them way more for some reason when when they've they've died. You know, and I feel like for not just like us creators I'm talking about like the ones at the top obviously because when you're doing something like uh, like writing a book or making a video or whatever it is it's like it's very personal yeah to you yeah like because it's not like a um, like I said for example if you wrote a book it's not like a team sport where um, like in a football match everyone gets blamed but on a book it's like it's, it's, it's you that you. wrote this yeah it's all down to you uh, so I feel like that positivity there is like a massive moral boost for all creatives. Like what he was talking about, how he has his own folder for. Yeah. Creative. Yes, I was about to touch on this. Uh, like the praise file or something. Yeah. yeah, the praise file and stuff like that. Because I, I feel like that was my next point. You know? Yeah, like a lot of like these days, I feel like the ones because Gary uh, Vaynerchuk keeps talking about like legacy and stuff like that about how he wants when he's gone that a lot of people like sort of feel his presence yeah and um, after, yeah that's to just round it up I feel like a lot of creatives are like Need afraid that, that <clears throat> sort of afraid that people will miss them once they've died mm. in, in a way and like um, you mean mo- won't miss them now we like miss them more when when they've gone like for example if you've put in work and stuff like that like you won't really ex- like feel it because like uh, i'm trying to find an easier way of, of saying it but like it was just that whole folder thing that he was saying that he receives of good stuff that um <clears throat> is good because a lot of creatives will obviously feel like that not a lot of people really appreciate their stuff yeah because mm. it's, it's like obviously um as you guys were saying like to not just post it because you're my friend but it's it's like if someone just retweets it it's, it's one thing but if someone says like yo this like made me think this way this changed me or like this that or the other like had the actual impact mm. on them yeah and because of that they shared it then that means a lot more to the artist or the creator than it would um, if it was just like another retweet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's there's sometimes like I look back on uh, like the, some videos that I made and like it text messages or comments I got from people. There's times where I sort of look back on that and then I stop mm. it and sometimes I delete it because I'm like, okay, I'm too much. I'm I'm getting too gassed here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just to pick back on this point because this would this was gonna be my next point anyway. I found this interesting because. Just a couple of weeks ago, um, there was a video I watched with three football players, and they're all strikers. So one of them was an older striker who was a very good player, Andy Cole, Andy Cole, the former Man United player. And then one of them was Marcus Rashford, the, one of the youngest talents. And then one of those other, some average guy, <laughs> I don't remember him. And then um, basically, the, they were talking to each other about their experiences. They all played in the same position. So it's like, it's like something that you can relate to, you know? And then um, the idea is that uh, Andy Cole suggested to Marcus Rashford that um, what he does is have a archive or a library of all the go- good goals that he scored 
that's interesting isn't it? it's like yeah imagine telling a kid that is, is really interesting because he's like every time he's like saying when you're down on confidence or you haven't scored a goal in a while you can look back at those things and you can say look like wow i done these i yeah, i okay. scored that goal i can, can, yeah, I can do it every time you like think that you're bad you're like no i'm not bad i'm actually i'm good yeah yeah so i found it interesting because i just i just watched that video like two weeks ago and i was like that was a really pertinent uh, piece of advice i was like yo when, when did Andy Cole get this knowledge from me <laughs> but yeah uh, i was like because <laughs> wait, why you think he's stupid or something <laughs> no i was like you know hey you've had all these footballers i know they talk <laughs> david beckham and that but yeah, but yeah when you do creative so, things it's like you're in between thinking you're like the, I, I'm not gonna lie, there's times when I'm getting into a project and I think I can do like amazing things, and at the end mm-hmm. of it, like the the whole tick thing, like the whole like thing, yeah, yeah. You get beaten and, and then bad, after bad. at the end you're like, I'm not capable of anything. And I feel uh, I, I've listened yeah. to like interviews <laughs> of people who are very accomplished who feel exactly the same way, like people who exactly. are like imposter syndrome, like who have done things for decades and they go into a movie and afterwards they're like, I'm, how can I do these types of mistakes at this stage of my career? Like they don't. They, they always beat themselves up the most because they feel like mm. they hold themselves to a higher standard than most people would. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really another potent point. So, yeah, this book just bangers on bangers. So <laughs> every point was just on point. But, yeah, the last point I had, um, yeah, it was back to keeping your day job and relating to people. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered it. But um, let me see. Yeah, so the good points of, of working a, 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 a a regular job is that it gives you a lot of structure and I found uh, yeah that was a, the thing I kind of um, tailed off from my point earlier that when you're working 9 to 5 and um, what I found is a lot of these people a lot of my colleagues um, I'll like ask them what they do for fun or what they do in, in, outside of work and stuff like to just have a little bit of small talk they'll, they'll tell me that they all have these like different side businesses there was one that was like some, some psychology side business where she was like socially training people in a weird way and uh, that sounds like a other, cult uh, that does not sound good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, no. Uh, she, she was some kind of counselor, basically, yeah. And she enjoys Counseling it. people in a strange way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you heard of, like, um, you know those tests that you can do, t- personality tests, like INFP and all those? Have you, have, have you heard of this? Oh, the, There's, like, oh, these the person- Myers-Briggs test. Yeah, Myers-Briggs test. She was, like, some kind of counselor, like, trained counselor in that. What? Uh, so she she's really a counselor on an online test. It's not. It's more complicated than that. But yeah, there's. I don't think you're doing her justice. I'm not. I'm not at all. Hold on. I, I never do. I never do people justice. But yeah, the point is that all these, a lot of colleagues that I have, like they, they're working nine to fives, but they'll also be doing stuff in their free time and making use of the, that time that they have. And a lot of them are like working like one day off from work, and they'll do extra hours during work. And um, a lot of them like talk about how like they started later on in their career, but they're really refined and like they're really good at it. And yeah, like you said, you had your theory about more like, like all the YouTubers being a bit more like specialist or refined, and yeah. they're, they're better at what they do than those younger YouTubers. And that's because they have those life experiences and they know how to deal with people because of the the work that they've done earlier in their career, like the nine to five that they've done, and they have that structure in their lives, and they know how to schedule their creative things better. Basically, I, th- so, I think he has uh, two. Uh two things uh, with uh, the difference between Casey and I say most like young vloggers is he's grown so he's more of an individual he's like a person mm. who's more developed yeah, to course. go online mm. and on top of that he perfected his craft before coming onto the platform so people exactly. want to copy him but at the end of the day if they do they'll only be like him whilst he can be so he, he's done enough projects to do di- very different things 
Mm, exactly. So yeah, uh, I found that interesting as well, um, and just like mm. the fact that you, you've got to learn um, what's what, like who you are and what you enjoy, yeah. and like and then specialize in it, become good at it, and then maybe um, put yourself out there. Because that, that's um, what so, you said in the book. Through like all of this copying and stealing, you'll find yourself through it. Exactly. Yeah, not one person, but several. Like, you'll find your own. Because yeah, like you can use Casey Neistat for like his camera, like shot techniques, mm. and, and then someone else for like story. Maybe personality, or yeah, someone else for the story, and then just like next thing you know, you're sort of making your own a little blend Art. of all of these yeah. these people. But yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up the book. Um, overall thoughts. Just just keep it short and simple this time. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it was a self-help book it was more I think it just reaffirmed a lot of the things that I already do yeah same but it was nice Um, to hear it from a different perspective exactly uh, I reflect that exactly in my opinion I also like the way that the chapters in that were like short and concise yeah Yeah, and there were diagrams it it was like a quick like you you asked for a pamphlet type book and yeah that's what you yeah you actually delivered you delivered. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is the first book I've read that's non-Islamic since secondary school. Great stuff, mate. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, the, I'm glad that you guess, came guess what the the, the 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 book before this it was Pele, the autobiography <laughs> of Pele. <laughs> so yeah, we we managed to get every guest to read a book, which is which is good. Like read a book, man. That's like that's our intro. <laughs> but yeah, I'm happy that you came on. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, I, I love you, your man. stuff. Keep it up, man. And if you ever feel like you need an, an extra eye on your creative stuff, let me know because I'll, I'll be happy to see it. Will uh, do, man. It will also give me ideas yeah, as well. And yeah, uh, if you want to come back on, let me know, and we'll, we'll find another creative book. <laughs> you guys have like a badge, like a Inspire Read uh, podcast badge, where you, you give to guests. A blue peter badge yeah yeah we need to, we which need to, means we'll i'm like a friend of the show and that yeah we'll, we'll send you on that don't send worry about it f- that didn't sound Just genuine thoughts. to me <laughs> <laughs> if you want to believe it <laughs> believe it <but laughs> okay religion yeah, dictates we're, we're, me to believe you but okay oh God. <laughs> but yeah um in the future we're actually thinking about doing merchandise but we'll see <laughs> okay yeah, you'll be the first to get something, I guess. Oh yeah, well, I, if, if you if you don't mind, like I, I think uh, I, I wanted to like mention this. It was on my notes where, like the procrastination one, mm-hmm. the productive procrastination on the book. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just um, saying like how, uh, like at random hours of the, you know when you have ideas and things like that, and you do mm-hmm. like something creative out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like that's exactly how our podcast started. Where like this, we we did a night at like four a.m. And then we uh, at four a.m. like uh, one of my friends was doing like his uni stuff. I was doing like this uh, freelance project, and then we were bored of our projects. And to just escape that, we did this podcast and we did like the logo, the whole like funny intro, everything, and an episode all in like like two hours. Oh, God. oh I thought you were gonna say well, two days. No, nah, no, nah. oh, it was yeah. that's it's, it's you know when you're like at four, like when you're proper the, high on life, and you're not, you, it hasn't yeah. hit you yet that you're tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's we were high on that and we just you know made this thing i think the whole intro is well. everything 
Oh, the, God. The look, that's everything. clean. Yeah, that was very clean. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, that's another thing. It's like you, you get into that zone. It's like when I'm when I'm writing something or when I get an idea, I just sit there until everything's out on the paper. Everything's like all done, and I, I don't stop. Which is which is weird. It's, it's like especially when you have a lot of different things that you actually have to yeah. do. <laughs> and then you think work. to yourself, "Why am I wasting my time on this? This doesn't get me yeah. anything." Yeah, I spent but like a whole day. On a gif about Donald Trump, like it was like I, it was a whole Illustrator <laughs> After Effects, and he came from nothing. I was like, "What am I doing with my life? I have to do, I have to do work." <laughs> but, but consciously and unconsciously, you're also like developing that talent that you have and the skills that you have. So yeah, that that, that I wonder if you can implement that procrastination, but make it more more regular as part of your schedule. Yeah, I don't know. That'll be weird, but interesting. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I I like that idea as well. Any other points? You, you might have forgotten shocks. Uh, one was, do you remember, like, how I really wanted to, I always wanted to, like, do this whole reading thing because I actually said to myself, like, how can I start reading more books? The reason is because me and Mo used to send each other, like, stories. Yeah. And then I sent him my one, and it was just trash. <laughs> <laughs> and the good thing about it was that, like, he, he pretty much like told me that like straight up a lot a lot very harsh you know because i genuinely thought this was good at the time and he was just like yo this is perfect um yeah like it shot me in, the, in those words that's just ruthless. the pistol yeah. like I'm talking shotgun like twice to, to the face that's... yeah to the head um and and obviously he was like someone that was like proper like into reading books and stuff like that and so i thought you know that he's got that general knowledge from reading books like how things should be done and stuff so in order for me to actually work on my storytelling and getting it on um like the page with it making sense and stuff um that's when i was like yeah i should start reading um a lot more and yeah and that's like sort of like subconsciously what mm. helped improved my not my writing skills and also like my uni skills as well like now i can easily read these like convoluted books whereas before it was just like un like and not easy for me to digest there's just random words in that <clears throat> Let me, yeah it's just like why did he put this word there you know what i mean yeah. and now it's like it all makes sense mm. Let me just uh, sick, man. have the last word here. Let me just have the last word before we wrap it up. This is getting quite late, isn't it? But yeah, so uh, in terms of influences, I, I, I put a tweet out about um, people, why don't people read books for knowledge of power? And then some people came back to me saying, um, but you can watch videos and stuff. And then I was, I was like, nah, come on, mate. <laughs> There's The thing is, with you can watch videos but if you have if you read books if you watch videos if you listen to podcasts all these different influences are all adding to your style of art as well yeah and he even says that in the book as well it's like you should consume these different types of art to, to give you more versatility and um give you more like because at the end of the day when you're out of your comfort zone that's when you you are creative if you get what i mean yeah. like you have to solve a problem yeah and then that's where creativity comes from like i said in the beginning in my in my definition of creativity um so it all wraps yeah. up nicely arrival style being like it's <laughs> like using your eyes your ears exactly so your mouth you know so yeah. go and and put yourself out of your comfort zone and and get out from your from your area that you're living in or, or your schedule or whatever um whatever you consume all the time start consuming different things and i think everyone's yeah, you'll see your creativity like visibly improving and you'll be able to um jump out of that writer's block feeling that you have a bit more regularly <clears throat> 
Yeah, and also it's not just about like writing books or stories or it's like for anything if you're doing any projects or um, any like for example university work you know what I mean you need that creativity to get <laughs> yourself out of these difficult positions um, and think of something on your own mm-hmm. so yeah um, I'm just going to wrap it up now because it's getting quite late thank you very much for coming on um, no thank you you read the book uh, said no thank you no no <laughs> comma thank, thank you, you. comma yeah uh, is not very good at punctuation <laughs> he's still he's still learning that stuff but <laughs> but yeah um, if, if you ever want to come back on again let us know and if you want us on your podcast we'll be happy to come on because yeah I love your stuff keep it up thank you very much and uh, yeah like I said earlier if you ever want me to review any of your stuff let me know and I'll be happy to definitely will do and I uh, hope so I hope I can get the same from you as well I will learn that but yeah okay um, yeah keep it up and we're going to head off now um, next week we've got uh, we've got a performance coming up we're going to be doing a poetry performance like jumping out of comfort zone again um, we're going to be recording our four month special as well um, we've got a giveaway coming up so yeah there's a lot of you guys were nervous about the last performance right are you more prepared yeah. for this one sort of yeah. you can do it we'll see a lot more prepared <laughs> yeah we were a lot more prepared I feel like if we fail again that's it yeah was, hanging up the that's boots. it yeah. <laughs> for real retirement <laughs> I'll go to the care zone but yeah um, yeah we've got a lot of things coming up so keep an eye out for that the giveaway will be announcing how to enter that next week as well thank you very much for listening have a great week free at last free at last <laughs>